This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Banking with Arundel Federal Savings Bank means so much more than you think. Your money stays in the local community. It helps everyone grow and prosper. From a young couple moving into their first ever home to a growing family getting the bigger house they need. What else would you expect from one of the best community-minded banks in all of Maryland? Visit ArundelFederal.com for current rates and special offers and help keep it local. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by God is My CEO, a prayer journal for entrepreneurs. I am so excited about this journal because it is the first ever prayer journal specifically for entrepreneurs. God gave me this idea a little over a month ago for me to create this journal for business owners. And I am just amazed with the response that has gotten thus far, the people who've been able to pre-order it and download the the virtual digital version um, and get started with growing that relationship with God and allowing God to be the CEO of their business. This journal is amazing because it has a space for you to surrender your business to God. Uh, It has a space for you to write down your million dollar ideas that God is going to give you as you grow in your relationship with him. It has a place for you to write down your answer prayers so that you can constantly be reminded that if he did it once, he'll do it again. There's a page, there's a section called I feel, but I know. And in that section, it allows you to navigate the difficult feelings and sometimes just the very personal feelings of being an entrepreneur and relate that to what the scripture says so that you can be encouraged in those not so sexy parts of entrepreneurship. There's also a section for sermon notes. So if you guys are like me and you watch a lot of sermons online or if you just attend church, there's a section for you to take notes in there as well. And then, of course, there are the journaling pages. So there's a morning and evening section for you to journal and spend time with God every single day. So I'm so excited about this journal. I've been getting such amazing responses from everyone who's pre-ordered already and been able to utilize the digital version. So make sure you go to www.blessedandbossedup.com so that you can pre-order yours today. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. 
Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I am truly on a high today. Um, it's Monday. I'm recording this episode a little bit later than usual. I usually like to record it the week before it comes out. Um, but last week was just so busy with all of the, the wedding fun. On Saturday, I had a bridesmaid brunch. So I wanted to plan this really fancy brunch for my bridesmaids to just thank them for being a part of my wedding. Um, a lot of them, I think all of them except for like two had birthdays already this year. So I wanted to just celebrate their birthdays. So I got like some cupcakes to sing happy birthday to everybody. Um, and then I also put together, if you follow me on Instagram, then you saw this, this bridesmaids information packet. So it pretty much went over everything from the wedding colors, the wedding location. Um, I'm having a desto- destination wedding in Jamaica. So it went over the details of the resort, travel, dates, expenses. So we know how much money everything is going to be, payment schedule, like what they're going to be wearing. We, I really had everything. Thing lined up what the groomsmen are going to be wearing the the details of the wedding weekend um who was in charge of what events who's in charge of like like the bridal shower or the bachelorette party all of that all of this was outlined in this packet and I got a lot of compliments on it because it was very beautiful um visually but it also was very detailed because I wanted us to all just be on the same page I'm like committed to not having a stressful bridal time I'm not going to be one of those stressed out unorganized brides that's just not who I am so um I really love the packet they really loved it and so we had such a great time we're all on the same page as far as what's going on with the wedding um we got a lot of ground covered I'm just excited we played games we went out that night to a little silent party where you like put on headphones and you can listen to whatever station you want to listen to um so that was pretty fun so I just had such a great time with them it's so hard to get all of us in the same room because everybody is busy everybody has things going on so for everybody to just get together and for us to be so productive and set, have such a great time it just was so amazing for me and then and that was Saturday and Sunday I went wedding dress shopping and I actually found my dress the first time around so I'm so excited about that I went to this place called Love Couture Bridal in Potomac so shout out to the lovely ladies there it was such an amazing experience um, and I found my dress and it's funny because the dress that I tried on was actually too small um, but the lady was like no this dress looks so good on you I, I just know it's going to fit perfect with your curves like you have to put this on so we're literally like I'm sucking it in she's behind me like lifting this dress up she's like it's okay if it rips it doesn't matter we got an alteration department like you need to see what this dress looks like on you because I know it's going to be perfect so she was so adamant about it it made me more adamant about it so I'm like okay let's get this thing on so we we uh, stuffed myself in this dress but I could just tell just I was like okay this is the one as soon as she brought it out on the hand I was like drawn to it instantly. I'm like, I like this dress. And it's crazy because like all of the dresses that I've seen online that I have on like my Pinterest board, I've tried on when I was there, I tried on a lot of them that were similar to what I thought I liked. So when I put this dress on, it was beautiful on the hanger. But when I put it on, I was like, wow. And pictures don't do things justice because a lot of these dress designers, they be having these little skinny size two white women 
and these dresses, but they just look totally different on a black woman's body. And so when I got it on, just the way it hugged my curves, even though it was too tight, it still was super flattering. And it was just so, such a beautiful dress. And I was like, this is it. So we ended up going with that dress. So I said yes to the dress. So I'm so excited. It just made everything so real for me. Um, Yeah, so the dress is just so beautiful. It has these little details. My fiance listens to this podcast, so I'm not going to get into too much about what it looks like, but the details in it, I know are just going to be so beautiful for the setting um, with the way the sun is going to be hitting it, the way the beach water is going to be hitting it. I just know it's going to be so beautiful. So I love the dress. I'm so excited um, to get this dress. So yeah, that was my weekend. So I'm just super excited to record today's episode and just kind of share with you guys. I know a lot of y'all follow me on Instagram. So you kind of just see my little journey of being an entrepreneur, being a soon to be bride and just all the things that I have going on. So shout out to y'all for hanging out with me and just tuning into all these amazing things that's happening in my life. So I think I'm going to even... No, let me not say that. Never mind. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to share a good experience. You know, I love to utilize black women entrepreneurs as much as possible. So one of the listeners to the podcast, Whitney, have reached out to me. She is a lash artist and I she reached out to me and basically offered to do my lashes for free. And so it, people reach out to me all the time because of because of the podcast, because um, I may mention, let's say I'm planning a wedding. So, of course, that's just like cue for all of the wedding designers to slide in your DMs or all the wedding people to slide in your DMs without you actually saying that you wanted help. <laughs> uh, so I really hate unsolicited offers. So when she slid in my DMs, I was intrigued because, well, she offered to do them for free and I'm frugal friend. So I'm like, cool. You know, she wants to do my lashes. She does a great job based off her Instagram page. So I'll go and see what's up. And if she does a good job and I enjoy my experience, then of course I'll become a regular customer. So this just worked out. And um, so I went to her and I love my lashes. If you guys go on my Instagram. Well, I don't think I posted any like selfies on Instagram, but if you were paying attention to my stories, I did post some pictures there of my lashes. I've gotten compliments for like the last week uh, since I got them done on my lashes. And I just love it. She's so nice. Um, her place is so nice. The, the bed, the massage bed, the the lash bed is like a massage bed so I'm like falling asleep and I was always never the type to get individual lashes because I didn't feel like I, I could really lay there that for the time it took and let somebody do my lashes but I was like you know let me just try this it's a great way to um, have a nice glam look without having to put on makeup every day I'm not uh, the type of person who beats my face every day I really only wear makeup if I have if I have to um so yeah so I had such a great experience she was so nice my lashes look amazing so I definitely had to shout her out on here her name on Instagram is at subtle rebel beauty I'm going to put it in the show notes um this is not an ad she didn't ask me to talk about it on a podcast in exchange for her doing it um I actually even asked her what made her reach out to me to do this um and she was just like I've blessed her 
from her listening to this show. So she wanted to bless me. So I want to send as many people to her as possible just because I thought that was so nice and she did such a great job. And I'm so satisfied and she's so sweet and I cannot sing her praises enough. So definitely go to at Subtle Rebel Beauty. I'm going to post this in the show notes. If you guys are looking, she's located in Alexandria, Virginia. So if you guys are looking to get your lashes done or looking for a lash artist and she's very affordable um and i honestly think she should charge more for the quality of work that she does so y'all go holla at her before she raised them prices and listen to me um but yeah subtle rebel beauty i'm going to post it in the show notes she did such an amazing job so thank you thank you thank you whitney i cannot thank you enough for just making my lashes look so amazing Okay, so for today's episode, I actually wanted to do a little Q&A for you guys that don't know. Y'all have heard about the uh, Blessed and Bossed Up Challenge on this show, but we're actually in the middle of it. We're about two weeks in of this challenge. And this is pretty much for anybody who has purchased the God is my CEO prayer journal. And um, we are in a Facebook group together and I go live every week, Monday, every day, Monday through Thursday at around seven ish on whatever topic God leads me to discuss that day. And so we're going into like the third week and I'm so excited about just the praise reports that we're getting in that group, just the great feedback we're getting in that group, the way people's lives are being blessed and changed the way women are just in there supporting each other is just so so amazing and it just really shows how awesome God is and it makes me feel good uh, to just see the results of something that God wanted me to do so if you're not a part of that group you have to have the the God is my CEO prayer journal to be a part like the journal is the foundation of the group so definitely go get your journal so you don't miss out get it off of Amazon if you just search my name on Amazon it will come up in that way you can just Amazon Prime it and get it in two days. Um, or you can definitely get it from me. I got a new shipment this week. So I have books in-house that I'll, I'll ship out pretty quickly. Um, you can get it from blessedandbossedup.com and definitely join us in a group. If you order it off Amazon, send me an email, Tatum at TatumTamia.com uh, with a proof of purchase and I'll send you the link to join the group. Um, but yeah, after you order it, let me know and I will send you the link to join the group and you can just come and get your lives changed with us. It's such an amazing group. But that group is actually the premise to today's episode. I have posted on like the second day or so if anybody had any questions about making God the CEO of their business because obviously they understand that that's something that they need to do. That's why they bought the journal. That's why they're in the group. But a lot of times I or I personally never want to be the one that pumps you up to do nothing. I'm, I care way more about results and being practical than being inspiring. I feel like if you have results and you tell people how to do stuff, that's inspiring in and of itself. So I'm not one of those motivational speakers per se. I'm just somebody who is going to give you real instruction and real guidance and real practical things that you can actually implement in your day-to-day life. And so um, because of that, I had asked them the question of what questions do you have about making God the CEO of your business? Because I don't want you to be confused, you know, in order for this thing to work, in order for you to really see God work in your life and your business, and in order for you to really live this blessed and bossed up lifestyle, you have to know what you're doing. So I wanted to make sure I answer questions early. 
And so I felt like um, a lot of the questions that they had are questions that a lot of you guys may have as well. So I wanted to answer those on the podcast uh, for any of you guys who are struggling with making God the CEO of your business or any of you guys who have committed time and time again to strengthening your relationship with God and just seem to have fallen off. You may have a lot of these questions as well. So I'm going to go ahead and, and answer those. So the first person, the first question says, I'm not going to say the person's name for any of these, but the first question says, how did you surrender your business and build that trust with God? For me, I had to just understand from day one that trust is something that's built. Um, And then because I know myself, I know that surrendering is something that I will have to do every single day. And I think that's true for a lot of us because we feel like okay, I'm going to surrender my business to God. And we may pray one day, like, you know, God, I I surrender this all to you. This is your business. You're the CEO of my business. And then we get upset with ourselves when we go back to doing the same things that we always did, or we go back right back to doing things in our own, own strength. And the reason why that happens is when you're doing something new, it's not a habit yet. So you have to build up that muscle memory. Um, and you have to constantly surrender your business to God and constantly pay attention to the fruit of that so that you can and that allows you to build trust so for me I start my day every day with God I don't just pray one prayer over my business or I don't only surrender my business on Mondays when I fast I surrender my business in my day and everything every single day and I and I'm honest with God I'm like listen especially in the beginning I was very honest I was like this is new for me so I've been in and this is me talking in my prayer time with God I was like I've been inconsistent with my relationship with you my entire life. My relationship with you has never been consistent. I've always gotten to little spurts where I would go to church every weekend. I would pray a lot and I would say I'm not going to do certain things anymore. And then somehow I always fell off. So inconsistency was my pattern as far as my relationship with God goes. So I was being honest. I was like, God, God, I need you to light a fire on the inside of me that allows me to stay consistent. Light a fire on the inside of me for you. Make me passionate. Make me just as passionate about you as I am about business. Like, let's be, I think we'd be trying to play, play games with God. Like we don't, like he doesn't already know all of this stuff. And I told God, I'm not passionate about you. I'm not passionate about praying every day. I'm not passionate about reading my Bible. I'm not passionate about making you a CEO of my business. Because if I was, you would already be that. If I was passionate about you, I wouldn't have to be praying this right now. I'm, I'm just not. I'm more passionate about my business. That's why I wake up every day and I work as hard as I, as I do. But I have come to the point where I understood that I need you in order for this to happen. You're the the thing that's going to break this glass ceiling. And now that I know that in order for me to actually carry this out and not go back to just working hard on my, in my own strength, I need you to make me passionate about you. I had a real talk with God and now those were my words and God made me passionate about him. I started getting excited about my prayer time and I, and I would ask God, like, show me that this things that this works. You know, show me, I know that you're real, but show me that making you a part of my business is lucrative. And so God did. I got opportunities. I got new clients, new money, all of these things, new ideas. And God just just made me passionate about him and showed me the, the financially and in opportunities, the result of that. And that's how my trust began to build. Because once I took my hands off the steering wheel and I saw that things were going a lot better than they were when my hands were on the steering wheel, my 
trust got built and I started to hear God more clearly and I started to get more comfortable just surrendering. So the, the, so for the person who's like, how do I surrender or whatever, you just have to start by praying and being honest with God, lay all the cards out on a table. He already knows anyway, tell him that I have issues with this faith thing because of the things that I've seen in church. I have issues with this faith thing because people who claim to love you have hurt me. I have issues about this faith thing because I don't have, I don't even know how to hear from you. So show me that you're real. It's okay to ask God these things and he will show us. That's how you build relationships. Relationships are built off of honesty. So if you're just honest with God about how you feel or why you haven't been able to surrender to him um, yet, or just be honest that you don't trust him yet, because that's what it is. If you trusted him, you would surrender. So just be honest. Like, I don't trust you yet. God, how do I build that trust? Can you make me passionate about you so that I want to go as hard towards pleasing you as I do to being successful in, um, in my business? And then he will do those things for you. So that's where I think you should start to surrender and build trust is to be honest, to pray and lay every single thing on the table. The next question says, um, I started journaling this morning and it felt good to have that time with God. Writing everything down made it feel more real. I would love to hear your thoughts on moving in silence and or when to share your ideas slash thoughts with other people. So there's a sermon called Marked by Pastor uh, Michael Todd. And we've talked about this in the the Blessed and Bossed Up group and I posted it in there. Um, But it's on YouTube as well as the uh, Elevation Church's uh, podcast app. But... In that, he told a story about how it's easiest for the devil to kill certain things when it's young. And so he gave the example of like when a baby is younger, it's easy to kill the baby. And I I related it back to how when you have and when someone has an abortion, it's it's only acceptable up to a certain age. Once the the embryo, I hope that's the correct term. I don't have children, so forgive me. But once it is, uh, once the child has grown to a certain size or after a certain amount of weeks, you aren't able to get an abortion. It's, it's safer to do in the earlier times. And so he kind of gave that example about how it's easier to kill things in its infancy stages. And so it's the same, it's similar uh, to when it comes to your ideas or your dreams because it's so new because it's the idea is so fresh because you haven't um, saw the results of it happening yet because you haven't seen your belly grow to know that it's something in there yet it's easier for the devil for naysayers for family members to kill that idea or to poison it um, in its infancy stages. And so keeping that in mind, I think as, when it comes to sharing your ideas, you have to protect it. You have to protect your ideas while God cultivates them. You have to keep those ideas and that business to yourself between you and God in its infancy stages until you've b- developed enough to be able to share it with other people. So, um, and a lot of times we jump the gun when it comes to that. And one of my favorite quotes of per usual is a Jay-Z quote. And and it says, don't listen to anybody. Everybody's scared. And what happens is people start to, to 
place their own limitations on you. And that's happened to me in business over and over again. That happens to almost everybody because everybody's just not going to understand. And we have to get out of the point of trying to get everybody to understand what it is that we're doing or get excited about the idea that God gave us, gave us or get it or invest in us and support us by buying our stuff and all of that when that's just not their job. Your friends and family are not your customers. You're still, if you're only selling to your friends and family, your business is still not going to be successful. So trying to convince other people to hop on board and support you or whatever and be excited about your idea the way that you are is a waste of time. Your job is to cultivate the idea in the beginning and allow God to really tell you what to do to make it be a success. So for me, I would, I say only share your ideas when you are un, uh, Un, mm, I guess you could say unbothered by the opinions of other people or when you're very firm and confident in what it is that you're doing to the point where if somebody was to tell you, oh, that's a bad idea. I don't know why you're doing that. Like, do you really think that's going to be successful to the point where people can come at you with that type of stuff and it not phase you at all? That's when you're ready. And we can get into our bag of, oh, it don't it don't phase me or I I can handle it or whatever. We can fake like we are like that all day. But when it's something so new and so precious to us in the beginning, what people say does affect us. And so because of that, I will hold on to those ideas first. And also make sure that make sure those ideas you have are from God too. You know, in those beginning stages, you really need to be communicating with God and, and having those um that prayer time where you're talking about your ideas so that you can get confirmation that that's what you're supposed to move forward with. But this whole debate about moving in silence and all of that, I choose not to get involved in that because it's always just a meaningless back and forth. But as far as when to share your ideas, really just hold on to them until you're confident and rooted and what God has called you to do. And also check your motives of why is it that you feel the need to share it at all? Is it because you need validation? Because if that's the case, then don't definitely don't share it because you're still uh, insecure in what's going on. Is it because you want, you feel like you need somebody to, uh, I don't know, like just really think about what your motives is to for wanting to share it first too. Cause that might be a, a indicator of if it's time to share it or not. I know for me, and some people I just don't tell my ideas to because I don't really want to hear what they have to say about it. And and that's like that for me, even with family, um, because they just aren't going to understand. So why am I going to waste my time convincing you of why you should believe in in my dream or what it is that I'm I'm doing when you're I can't change your mind. You're not going to believe in it. You're not going to agree with me. So I'm just not going to say anything. But the way people are, once you once the fruit starts showing up, once you start being successful, once you start seeing that increase in your life, people going to ask questions. Well, how did you do that? Or oh, I want to do this. Can you tell me how you do that people will shoot your dreams down when it's in the baby stages but once it's full grown and you start seeing the the fruits of your labor and you got the freedom of your time back because you don't got to worry about a nine to five and you could take a trip whenever you want to because you're financially able and you ain't got to ask a job for no time off or when you can when you can splurge on yourself and buy something nice that they got to save up to do like that once people start saying seeing stuff like that they'll hop on board so don't waste your time trying to to convince people 
capable of anything in the beginning. Just focus on building, um, building up that dream and growing it to the point where once they start asking, then you can help them out and give them gems where they can start build, building something similar for themselves. Somebody says, um, how did you, how do you stay consistently disciplined? So discipline is all, is the same as, um, when it comes to discipline, it's like muscle memory. Like if you do the same thing enough, it's going to become natural. When you go to brush your teeth, you're not thinking about taking the tooth, the top off the toothpaste or rinsing off the, the toothbrush and pouring a toothpaste on and brushing it. Like you're not thinking about that. You just get up and do it because you've been doing it your whole life. It's the same thing. Once you've been driving long enough, it's just, you know, you get in the car. If you got to push to start, you just push the little button. The car starts, you put it in um, drive and you go like it's you're not really thinking about it um because you've built up that muscle memory you've done it enough time so it's the same thing with getting disciplined do come up with a routine and do it enough times to where it's second nature to me waking up and spending time to god with god is second nature because i've been doing it for so long for me um fasting on Mondays from food is like second nature. I've been doing it for so, for so long. I know Mondays I'm not eating until 6 PM. So I'm not going to be throwing no hissy fit because I'm hungry or I'm not going to just eat because I'm hungry for that instant gratification. When I already know like why I'm fasting every single week. Um, and I know that I'm getting closer to God in those times. So I'm disciplined because I've done it enough. And so for you guys who are struggling with being disciplined, create a schedule. I did a podcast a couple months ago on um, developing the discipline to succeed or something like that. So I suggest going back and listening to that episode because I do talk about it in, in depth, but creating a schedule and then doing it consistently so that it becomes a habit um, is how you really stay disciplined and not letting your emotions dictate what you do. I think that's a problem that a lot of uh, women specifically have is we allow our emotions to affect our business or we allow our emotions to affect what or if we do certain things. And that's not how we should live. We have to be disciplined so that no matter what's going on in our personal life, we get things done. And that all comes with creating that schedule and creating more disciplined habits so that you can it becomes second nature. It becomes like muscle memory at that point. Someone asked a question more about the financial side. I can't remember if you were tithing beforehand or not, but how did you transition into tithing 10% on a consistent basis? So um, when I first started tithing, it was because somebody, one of my friends who was more, who's more spiritually mature than me, she was somebody who God would always use to confirm certain things with me when I was still struggling with uh, hearing his voice directly. So tithing was something that I always knew that I should do, but it wasn't something I always did because I would feel like, oh, I didn't, I don't have any money to tithe or I have other responsibility. That money can go towards something else or whatever. I looked at the, the tithing as just the act. Um, and I didn't really understand tithing as far as what that means for me. And so, um, it was just something I always was inconsistent with. And so my friend, one time she called and she was like, Hey, do you struggle with tithing? And I was like, Jesus. Okay. I was like, yeah. Um, yeah. She was like, yeah, you need to start tithing because that's the last thing that God really needs for you to do for your blessings to start coming. And so I was like, all right. Yes, we, I'm going to become a tither. And so that's what I did. I tithe 10%. 
um, off the top, off the gross, not the net, not after I paid all my bills, I paid God first 10%. And so, um, I, but I also started researching tithing and researching what the Bible says about tithing. And the Bible says that when you tithe, um, I'm actually going to find the scripture so that I can quote it correctly. It says right in Malachi 3.10, um, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Put me to the test. And so I was like, wow, like this scripture is so powerful. God is saying, put him to the test. Like (laughs) that if you give me my 10%, I'm going to give you way more than you actually need. And so that's what I did. I put I uh, once I realized the severity of tithing and how tithing really protects me in a lot of areas, because at at one point it seemed like every time I got money, it was going right out. Like a bill would come up, uh, something with how a car might get have issues. Like it was always something that came up whenever I got an increase. And it was because I was not a tither. So tithing put that extra sense of security on my finances, as well as it opened myself up to get a blessing from God that I can't even fathom. And so I started tithing and I committed to being a tither. I'm the type of person naturally, if I commit to doing something, it's just what it's going to be. I'm going to do it. Um, And so that's what it was for tithing. Um, But for other people, it may take a little bit longer to build up that discipline. And that's why. I say, make it a routine, figure out what your tithing schedule is going to be beforehand. I would tithe every time I got like a new client or something, I would take the 10% off the top and I would tithe and I tithe online because it's just easier. So, and I would tithe to the church and then, um, over time, thank God, money was coming in more frequently throughout the week. So I couldn't keep up with tithing 10% on every transaction. So then I switched over to at the end of the month, I tithed 10% of what my earnings were that month. And I don't base it off of like my bank account. Cause if I base it off my, my bank account, that factors in what's gone out. So then I end up kind of, um, not realizing it, but tithing off of the net because my bank account is a reflection of what's coming in and going out. So instead I would go to all of my payment processors and I would tie, I would take 10% off of everything that I made that month. And then I would tie, I would take that number and tithe it. And that's something that I do consistently every month. I don't care if I made a cent, I'm going to give God his 10% period. And that's just something that I do um, because it's required of me um, in the Bible. So I transitioned to doing it um, 10% on a consistent basis by coming up with that schedule. So if you get paid every two weeks, then you may tithe every two weeks because you just take it off of whatever 10% of that, um, the gross of your pay for that pay period is. Or if you do it like me at the end of the month, you pay the 10%, but just figure out what schedule works for you, but know that God needs to get his 10%. So once I realized the importance of tithing and I started seeing the fruit of tithing. When I started tithing, I started making a lot more money, but those, those tithing percentages definitely went up, but God was showing me when I put him to the test, like the word says, he's, he was showing me the fruits of that. And so I became a consistent tither because I trusted God. I trusted what the word said. I paid attention after I did it to see, all right, God, like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Or if this, does this really work? And once I saw that it did, it was, that was it. 
So if you're struggling in the area of tithing, it's because you don't trust God. Obviously, it's because you don't trust God to um, give it back to you. And that's to be honest, that was me. I didn't trust God to take care of that bill if I didn't use my 10 percent to pay it. And so that's why I wasn't tithing. But once I became a tither, God really has just taken care of me um, beyond just meeting my basic needs. Uh, the next question says, how do you know the difference between what God is telling you to do and what you are t- what you are doing on your own? And this is a great question. And a lot of people struggle with discerning God's voice. And this is an understandable struggle. Nobody is just wakes up one day automatically knowing how to, to hear from God. Like it takes time to really build up that relationship to know how or if God is speaking to you. And so um I would pray. Well, for me in the beginning, I would just pray and be like, God, I want to hear your voice. Like, and I didn't trust that I was hearing God's voice in the beginning. I would have to get confirmation. Um, and especially beginning, I would really need confirmation to, um, know if I was hearing God's voice. So even when it came to quitting my job, I I just felt it. I felt it so hard in my spirit that it was time for me to leave my job. And I fact checked it by looking at the Bible like, okay, I'm nervous because this is a time if I leave my job right now, this is really a leap of faith. And I was I was preparing to take a strategic step out. (laughs) I mean, that's only leap of faith, but a strategic step out a few months after when I actually um, got the word that it was time for me to leave. So I was like, okay, I need to make sure that this is the right decision and I'm actually hearing from God. And so a way that I did that was fact checking through the Bible. And that's how you can do that too. That's the, the, the word that's already written confirm what you think that you're hearing because excuse me, if it does, then you're probably hearing from God. So for me, I had to think about it. I was like, if I left my job, when I plan to leave my job, that's not, that didn't require faith. And God needed me to be faithful in that season. And so I was like, okay, this requires a lot of faith. And I was like, I'm still going to pray about it. And I got confirmation by some, by, um, I forgot where I was, by an event, um, that it was time for me to leave my job. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and leave. And so that was that. Um, but ever, but even after that, I was still not confident in hearing God's voice. And so he will speak to me through other people who are more spiritually mature. So for you guys, that's on his journey and you're new at making God the CEO of your business. I, I highly suggest that you get around people who are more spiritually mature than you, who God can speak to directly to confirm things through you. And, and that's been a great thing in our group for the blessed and bossed up challenge is every day that I pray, I'm like, God, what do you want me to talk to your people about? Like, what is my subject for the day? I don't plan what I'm going to say at all. Not one bit. I don't have no, and I'm an organized person. Like if this was just in my own strength, I would have had all the week's topic uh, ironed out six months ago. <laughs> but because this is something that is 100% spirit led, I'm like, God, you tell me what I'm going to talk about. And then even on the lives before we even get started, I'm praying, just really asking God, like speak through me. If there's anything that I need to say to confirm something in somebody's spirit, let me say it. And I do that even before getting on this podcast. Um, and a lot, I've gotten tons of emails and DMs and uh, even on like iTunes reviews of things that have been confirmed for people as a result of listening to this show. So God will use other people. And even on the lives after praying that prayer, there's been times I've gone on off on like rants that I didn't expect to go off on, but I know that 
I'm not going to stick to what sounds good, what's the most grammatically correct, what's the most organized way to speak. I'm going to let God speak through me. And and with that, people will get confirmation. So if you don't know how to hear from God yet, it's okay. Like work on building that trust and learning how God speaks to you and ask him like, or ask him like, God, I want you to speak to me. Like I want to hear your voice. And he will start showing you, you know, God speaks to people through dreams, through uh, sometimes through other people, sometimes through their own like uh, still voice like he speaks in a variety of ways through nature I highly suggest the book by Joyce Myers how to hear from God for anybody who's struggling in that area Uh, that book really helped me in the beginning to be able to look out for ways that God will speak to me and so um, yeah but through our relationship I began to learn how God speaks to me directly but in the beginning he will confirm things a lot through other people so that I was sure and even now if when it comes to big decisions I'll be like, there's some things I just know, like, okay, Tatum, you don't need confirmation for this. Like, this is God. But there's some things I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I would ask God, like, can you confirm this uh, for me? And then I would get confirmation from other areas. So, yeah, um, you learn the difference between what God is telling you to do and what you're doing on your own by learning how to hear his voice and by developing that relationship over time. The next question is actually about fasting and they pretty much wanted to know, um, what do I do on my fasting days? And so, uh, for you guys, that don't know. I fast every Monday. I've been doing this for about eight months or so now. And I fast from 6am to 6pm from food. Um, I, I fast from food because, uh, food is the hardest thing for me to give up. Like I can turn my phone off or get off social media from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's not that big of a deal for me. Um, I can do almost anything throughout that time period and it not be that big of a deal for me. Now, eating is a whole nother thing and it requires a whole nother level of discipline. And so that's why I chose that. Um, and I remember having a conversation and I and I was telling somebody we were talking about fasting and this was prior to me fasting every week. And I was like, I, I could fast, but I don't know about from food like I can't do that and I kind of felt like convicted in that sense of so it's it's food more important than you building up your relationship with God like why is that why is that the one thing that you can't give up and because I've said that was the one thing I couldn't give up that was the one thing that I gave up uh, just to to really further show God that I'm willing to do whatever and I'm totally committed and surrendered to his will for my life. Um, and I had a friend, the same friend that's more spiritually mature than me in my, like around last year when I was really just growing my relationship with God. And, um, she told me, she was like, you know, um, some, the Bible says that something only come through prayer and fasting. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you know, God wants you to, to turn your plate down. And from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and fast. Some things only come through prayer and fast. And that was the scripture. She actually gave me the scripture without explaining it. She was just like, this is the scripture you go off. And I forgot where the scripture's at. But I didn't understand the scripture when I first read it. So I fasted all day. And then I, after my fasting day, I got a lot of confirmations about things that I was believing in God for, or things I was still confused about, questions I had about my business and how to move forward and about life and things like that. I got a lot of answers that day. And then I also was able to finally understand what the scripture meant. And what it meant was 
some things only come through prayer and fasting. So it was really God just teaching me another way to be strategic in my relationship with him and another way to get the things or to get the answers that I'm seeking from him. And so on my fasting days, um, I wake up at 5.30 every day. If I'm hungry, which is very rare, that early, um, I'll eat before six. And I had to eat in the beginning. When I first started fasting, I would eat a lot at 5.30. Now, I really just don't because I'm I'm used to it in a sense. Um, so I pray, I wake up and I, you know, wash my face, brush my teeth, little hygienic stuff. And then after that, I pray. Um, my prayers in the mornings are definitely a little dry because it's early, <laughs> but I really just pray and I journal um, and set my intention for my fasting day. So I will, I write down like the things I'm fasting for today and I will write them out. And, um, and then I will go and I will watch a sermon on YouTube. I uh, read my Bible. I have a Bible study that I'm still working through. I should have been done. <laughs> but um, I have a Bible study that I do and it's separated by day. So I would do a day out the Bible study. And then I would just move on to whatever I had to do for, uh, responsibilities wise for that day. I like to do the most important things first because on my fasting days, I get hangry and impatient and my mind just stops working after a while. It's being that hungry. So um, I definitely move on to whatever I have to do that day and I get the most important things done first. And then after that, I might watch more sermons. I might listen to spiritually based podcasts, but I really like to limit the things that I do to responsibilities, but um, only really doing spiritual stuff. So I try not to listen to trap music or whatever I normally would listen to on Mondays, just so that I can really build up um, my relationship with God even more on that day. And then um, as it gets closer to six, I might cook. It depends on what I'm cooking, what time I'll start cooking. But I like to make sure I got a plate hot and ready at six on the dot, not a second after because your girl be starving. Um, but uh, yeah, and then towards the end of the day, I also pray and I spend, I, I, I try to allocate like 30 minutes and I'll just pray, journal, um, talk to God. If I get any, conf- if I hear from God in any way, I write those things down. If I get any directions or confirmations or next steps about the things that I set my intentions to fast about that day, then I write those down as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. It isn't anything super deep. It's just a day that I use to get deeper in my relationship with God and to and get back aligned. Because I know for me, the weekends, because it's so much going on most of the time um I sometimes don't pray as much or listen to gospel as much or watch sermons as much as I might do any other day so Mondays are just great for me to just get back in alignment get back right with God and just start my day start my week off in a a really great place so I suggest fasting um, and it's okay to fast from smaller things first, like fasting from social media before fasting from food. If that's, you know, if that's what you choose to do. But once I learned that the Bible says some things only come through prayer and fasting, fasting has been just like a big part of my life. Somebody else says making God the CEO of your business is easier said than done. How do you realize when you aren't surrendering? That's a great question. The easiest way to realize if you aren't surrendering is one, if you are stressed. 
when you're surrendering your business to God, there's a, a, a level of rest in that. And there's a level of um, hmm. it's like a competitive advantage that you get from that. So if you're super stressed and weary and worried, then you're not really surrendering. If you're overwhelmed, you're not really surrendering. That means you're not trusting God. Um, another thing is. If you aren't, if you feel like you're doing a lot and not seeing the results, you're probably not surrendering. Um, what else? Yeah, I think those are the biggest ways to tell if you are surrendering surrendering your business. If you aren't praying about your business, if you're making decisions without praying about it or really seeking God for guidance on certain things, then you're not surrendered. If you're just not spending time with God, if you're more so just praying and doing whatever it is you want to do and not really making time to sit still and be in God's presence, then you're not surrendering. So if any of those things apply for you, uh, to you, I suggest really recommitting everything to God. And like I said earlier, just doing just submitting every single day is a way that you can make sure that you stay focused. So I know if I don't spend time with God in the morning every single day, then I'm probably doing things in my own strength that day. Or if I don't take a break and be like, okay, I'm making too many decisions too fast. I need to stop. And that happens to me a lot. Like I sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm moving too fast. I'm I'm promising too many things. I'm taking on too many responsibilities. I'm accepting too many things and I haven't even prayed about it. So I'm about to just stop. And I would literally just stop whatever I'm doing and I would go and pray. And I would just, just be like, God, I'm not going to make a decision on this yet until you give me the green light. And I will put it down and I would just go back to doing whatever it is that I have to do. But if I get to the point where I'm making too many decisions and not seeking God, then I have to go back and regroup and get back centered. And that's something that you can do as well. If you feel like you are doing too much in your own strength, just get back and get centered. So I think that was the end of the questions. There was another question about time management. And I would just really say to go back to that episode um, that I had about creating a discipline to succeed, because I really went into time management in detail in that episode. And actually, let me find it real quick while I'm on here so that I can... Um, tell you which episode it is it is episode 54 it was actually the first episode of the year creating the discipline to succeed in 2018 and I'll link it in this episode so that you can be able to go back and listen to it so that's going to wrap up today's episode, you guys. If you have any questions that you want to submit, go to blessedandbossedup.com. Click on the Ask a Boss tab to submit your questions. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamia, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A to stay up to date with everything that I'm doing. Um, if you have not gotten a God is my CEO prayer journal, get that from blessedandbossedup.com and join us in the Blessed and Bossed Up Challenge. It is truly changing people's lives. It is such a blessing to be a part of, and I'm so grateful that God chose me to be the leader of this group. And I really want you to be a part as well. So get the journal and meet us there. And I will talk to you guys next week. Banking with Arundel Federal Savings Bank means so much more than you think. Your money stays in the local community. It helps everyone grow and prosper. From a young couple moving into their first ever home to a growing family getting the bigger house they need. What else would you expect from one of the best community-minded banks in all of Maryland? Visit ArundelFederal.com for current rates and special offers. And